after the last result, it's going to be more difficult to be first. Uh, is second still attainable then very much so, yeah. We have to win. No, nobody's shying away for that. We have to win. And if we can win and play well, it'll be great. If we can just win, then that'll be fine. This is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Scotland surely needs six points out of six tomorrow night and Tuesday night if we're to have any realistic hopes of making it to next year's World Cup. We can forget all about Austria away for the moment and concentrate on beating Moldova at Hamden tomorrow night. We need some good news and here is the good news. John McGinn is out of isolation. Well, if it was maybe three, four years ago, I would have been delivering every night. I don't maybe order a can of tenants at the same time, but... Um, you just can't do that these days. It's so important, especially when you've worked so hard over the summer to try and get in good nick. You just can't afford it. You just get left behind. So um, I've managed to do what I can. wasn't ideal running on the treadmill, but it's, it's what you need to do. And I think it's a reminder for everyone these days that the virus is still, it's still there and we still need to prepare and protect ourselves. So it's got me. Um, thankfully, I had no symptoms and, and felt fine, but it's a, it's a reminder of what we're living through. And hopefully it'll be the last time for, for a while I can... Isolate for 10 days. So Barney Ferguson, he's not getting the beer and pizza deliveries, but hopefully he's going to deliver a goal, which he tends to do. He's been talismanic for Scotland and we need a win and a performance badly, don't we, tomorrow night? Yeah, but we'll take the deliveries and the beer <laughs> uh, for him. No, listen, there's, there's no doubt about uh, John McGinn was a massive miss, um, Rob. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted he's going to uh, come back. He'll get straight into the start 11, no doubt about it. He's became a... One of the most important players for Scotland, so delighted to hear that he's he's back fit, he's been looking after himself and he'll be ready to go tomorrow. Cheer us up, Mark Weedy. This is all going to be okay, isn't it? It's going to be a happy ending for well, Scotland, surely. It will tomorrow night, Rob. Yeah, Scotland, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty certain they'll win tomorrow night. I, I thought out of this that we, we were probably looking to take five points to have you know, a, a realistic chance uh, of qualification. But as you said, it might need to be six because I don't think three is going to be good enough. No. Four's no great either so we're really actually looking to having to go to Austria and win and if we can take six points and it is achievable mm. if we take six points on the next two games we'll, we've put ourselves right back in the frame big time So we've got Mark Guidi Barry Ferguson Rob McLean uh, Friday's Go Radio football show and just over 24 hours away at Hamden, Scotland against Moldova 35,000 tickets I think it is hopefully and counting um, although maybe off the back of uh, of the other night that figure might not be rising too much from there but it's still a big crowd uh, and hopefully set to make uh, a big noise because that can make a big difference for Scotland Group F currently standing uh, like this after four games uh, Denmark are disappearing off into the distance 12 points out of 12 Israel and Austria on seven. Um, we imagine we're in a battle with those two for, for second place. Scotland on five currently, so two points adrift of those two. Then it's Faroes and Moldova on one. Um, we're going to pick our team, Barry, Mark, in the course of the show. And feel free to let us know. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the, the football chat. Um, and also, of course, go on the texts and your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. Tell us what you think the starting lineup should be tomorrow night. Uh, did Stevie Clark badly get it badly wrong with his selection on Wednesday? 
I was surprised um, that Andy Robertson started in the right wing-back role, if I'm being honest with you. I thought it was a stick-on that Kieran Tierney, because previous, if you remember back when Gordon Strachan was in charge, Kieran Tierney played in the right-hand mm. uh, side, right-back it was. So, yeah, but I think he got that one um, wrong. I think he made the, the change, the correct changes at half-time. I think Fraser going into the ring back, uh, right wing-back role made a big difference. Obviously, Kieran Tierney got into that left-back. Uh, and the sorry, left side of the, the three, centre back and Robbo going at wing back role. So it certainly made a difference. Um, I was worried, Rob, I've got to be honest with you, once that second goal went in, yeah. I was re really worried it could have been three, four, or even five. Um, so we held out until half time. He made the changes, the correct changes for me. And I thought they showed at least a bit of character mm. in the second half. Um, they get closer to, to Denmark, they didn't get, give them much time. Um, but the game was lost in the first half. I think that's a positive, Mark, isn't it? That 2-0, uh, uh, we, would, we would certainly have signed for 2-0 15 minutes in against a team that was flying. Yeah. Uh, Denmark, to be fair to Denmark, they're, they're good. You can see why they're you know, semi-finalists um, from the Euros. A good team, great uh, atmosphere at the parking uh, stadium. And I think just the point that you've made there, you know, Denmark just uh, sailing into the sunset at the top of this section, 12 points. So really, we're in a three-way battle to try and get second place, uh, Rob. And after tomorrow night, that would be the halfway point of the group. That would be five games played out of the ten. We need to be sitting on eight points. Now, would eight points from the second half of the games um, be enough? 16 points going to be enough to get you into the second spot? I don't think it will. We maybe need to be looking at 18, 19 points uh, to be assured of, of second place. So, um, And the key might just be your last game as, uh, as it home in Denmark at Hamden. And we're probably going to have to win that night. Um, to do it and, and, and Denmark as you see they'll be they'll be well on their way to Qatar by that point so it might work out well for us but we need to improve we need to improve we need to get better and we need better, uh, we need more victories I mean Denmark are good uh, let's not mess about I mean they, they reached the semi-finals um, of Euro 2020 they're 11th in the world they're not there by accident they, they were missing players uh, like Vestergaard and Dolberg, the striker who was so good, uh, Brathwaite of Barcelona. Yep. So, so they were missing players as well. But they they bring in uh, they bring in real quality. But were we competitive enough, Barry? Um, well, I've got to be honest with you. In the first half performance, they were a level above us, Rob. No doubt about it. You've just mentioned they were missing. That that's three key key players for Denmark. Um, they are a a top team. I, I just don't. I think we gave them too much respect. In the first half, we sat off them. And when you sit off a, a very good team like Denmark, they're going to punish you. And that's what they, they've done. And you've seen the difference in the second half, albeit he made a couple of changes in, in, in terms of moving people about in the shape. Um, we got closer to them. We didn't let them settle. But it was it, it was too late. Um, so these next two games, certainly you, you take Moldova, it's a certainty for me, three points. And I think if we're on it next Tuesday against Austria... I think we can go there and get the three points. Um, you've got to be respectful. Uh, uh, they've got good players, Austria. They've got a number of players who play in the Bundesliga, so they are a strong team. But they're a beatable team. And if we have our players on form, I think we can go there and get the three points. So six points, I think, is crucial in the next two games. Could he have changed it before half-time, Mark? Should he have changed it um, after that horrific start? I, yeah, I suppose there's maybe a temptation. You, you, you look at the bench, Rob. No, sure. The, the, the thing that got me in that, you know, that first 15 minutes and most of the first half was, you know, Denmark, they, they, they absolutely ran as ragged. Mm. And it's not often under Steve Clark, despite the fact we've, you know, 
we've not always played well and we've not always had, had good results but you've also you've always felt that Scotland were going to be hard to score against under Steve Clark particularly in the past year or so you need to do well to score against Scotland but it didn't look that way I mean Denmark were pulling us all over the place we lacked a bit of cohesion we lacked discipline I think in terms of our, of our shape not in terms of giving away free kicks just the, the, the defensive kind of shape from the whole team not just the, the, the back three so it was an unusual performance under Steve Clark but, it, but it's out the system it is against the best team in the group we can go to Austrian and win the game but remember Austria get a point at Hamden um, early on in, in the, and in we, the came, we came back didn't we to yeah. get a point in that game yeah as well? so we, we do so what you need to do is, as you know you need to cancel out your opponent so in, in the head to heads we want to be four points out of six against Austria we don't want Austria to be four points otherwise we're really really um, toiling and Denmark went to Vienna and, and won 4-0 um, over there so look it can it can be done but first things first let's beat Moldova you know, we can't take um, any game for granted so tomorrow night against a Moldovan team that no doubt will have nine men behind the ball we need to find a way uh, we need to be creative we need to be brave and we need to go and have a right go at them and um, to do that I think we'll all agree that and certainly for me I want to see Dykes and Adams together mm. up front I think that's the starting point to go and get a victory tomorrow night I mean, he was, you could see his face in the dugout, Stevie Clark, on Wednesday night. He was suffering like the rest of us. Is there not much he can do from the touchline, Barry, when it's all going horribly wrong like that, even if he's not going to change personnel? I mean, it was it was so disjointed, wasn't it? There were so many gaps that, yeah. that Denmark were exploiting. Yeah, it was very, very unlike us, Rob. Certainly since we've been playing under Stevie Clark. Um, I mean, he can only do so much in the training ground, Rob. When, when he sends the players out to cross that white line, um, they've got to do their jobs. Um, and he, he did say that he told the team before it leading up to him that they would come flying out the traps. They would start the game very quick. Um, and we couldn't handle it. We could not handle the first 20, 25 minutes. They, they ran over the top is once we got into the last maybe 10 minutes of the, the first half we started to settle down a wee bit but at that stage it was it was too late and as I said the, the positive thing I take out of the game is they, at least they showed a reaction in the second half um, it still wasn't as good as we wanted it to be but we didn't fall apart that was the main thing because if, if we're honest after 15 minutes once that second goal went in, it could have been anything 10-15 uh, minutes after that that second goal um, gets scored. So we get away with one there. I don't think we can play as bad. I'm sure the players will be having a chat amongst each other. They'll be working hard on the training ground and I'm sure they'll, they'll give a good response tomorrow night. I mean, what we wanted from that game, I mean, it was very unlikely, Mark, that we were going to get anything out of that game being realistic. Yeah. But what we did want or need was a performance, some sort of performance uh, to kick us on to these other two games in which we do have... A, a serious um, wish for points yeah I mean I suppose the, the, the positive Rob is yeah we, we, we didn't get a real thrashing it, it could have been four or five <coughs> excuse me and the way we, we, we played the second half you know, we have forced Casper Smike on one or two saves so from that point of view um, did they switch off did they ease off second yeah, half yeah they probably did you know they, they, they probably did 2-0 they, they, they were comfortable and you know had Scotland scored you got the feeling that Denmark they said right we better go just go up and get a third one just to make sure here so yeah I think they I think they were. I think they said, look, points in the bag, job done, let's not do anything daft, no injuries, no yellow cards. Um, and when Michael was called upon, he showed, you know, what a class goalkeeper um, he is. But that said, that's what we need to be more 
lethal. You look at the chances we had in the Euros over the three games, particularly mm. the first two games. We were just too wasteful in front of goals. And yeah, you know, you could say that Jordan Pickford had one or two great saves, etc., etc. But we need to be more clinical in front of goal. And Stevie Clark at the media conference today was speaking about exactly that. Scotland scoring goals. I haven't converted with chances. Would be my summation of that one. Even the other night, you think the Ryan Fraser had a f- fantastic chance 10 minutes to go. We didn't convert it. Might have been interesting if that one had gone in. We had lots of chances in the Euros. We didn't convert them. So making chances, we, we've shown that we can we can create. When we create them, we have to we have to finish them. So a little bit more clinical would be nice. What's Scotland's biggest problem, Barry? Is it scoring goals or, or is it actually keeping them out? Because uh, defensively, those, those two goals that Denmark scored that brilliantly conceived goals from their point of view, uh, but we failed at the basics, didn't we, defensively? Yeah, uh, very unlike us, but Rob, I've got to be honest with you, we've, we've, we've no used to losing goals like that um, since, obviously, Steve Clarks took over. I think the problem is scoring goals. There's no... no um, in terms of creating chances, we do, we create good chances that was proven in the Euros and as Steve Clark just mentioned they're a great chance for, for Ryan Fraser you've got to put that away and as you say that 10 minutes to go then it becomes interesting did Denmark go up a level or did Denmark start panicking a wee bit so it's it interesting to see is that a bad miss or a great save that one I, I, for me I think he's got to put his foot through it I know he's trying to side foot it um, it is in the bottom corner um, then gives Casper Smeichel a chance to save it I think if he puts his laces through it there's more of a, a chance that he's scoring a goal um, it is a great save that would have made it interesting as well it 10 would minutes have made to it go, interesting it? but I would have rather seen Ryan Fraser put his laces through it and he has I mean he has actually, he has for for his number of appearances for Scotland he's actually got, got a few, I think he's maybe got four goals for Scotland yeah. Ryan, Ryan Fraser who's struggling to get game time at Newcastle uh, but he, he does have the spark sometimes for Scotland yeah he's, he's lively I always like when he gets on the ball he's on the front foot you never know what's coming next you know, it'd be difficult for a defender trying to keep with him because he's got that bit of pace and he, you know, he likes to attack but I agree with Barry it is a great save you know Smeichel makes a great save it goes through Kerr's legs yeah, which makes it even more difficult like we've said if we want to be getting to major tournaments Rob, that's the kind of chances you've got to, you've got to put away you know, and it would have given us a real interesting uh, last 10 minutes but as long as we're not putting chances like that away that's why we're only qualifying for tournaments once every 20 years Does this game against Moldova tomorrow night Barry take you back at all in your Scotland career to to a a game coming off the the back of a it it wasn't a disappointing result if we're being realistic about it it was probably a bit of a deflating performance and it was a worrying performance in terms of what the first 50 minutes had in store we've got to Scotland have got to come back and not just win tomorrow night, but turn in a turn in a performance. Do, do you does your head take you back to games where you were under that sort of pressure? Yeah, quite quite a number of times. The thing that disappointed me um, against the Danes was the first half performance because I said very unlike us. Normally we're very. I thought we were too deep as well, Rob. Yeah. Um, we we could have pushed up, and you've seen the difference when we pushed up 10, 15 yards in the second half. We become a a better team we press higher up the pitch I like I like us when we, we do that because um, we don't like pace at the back there's, no. there's guys that can that can shift um, so listen the, the boys will know that they're expected the expectations on top of their shoulders now they need to go into this game tomorrow night and win convincingly by two or three goals uh, and I fully expect them um, to come out the traps uh, they'll go for them 
because um, they're struggling. I think you mentioned off air, fifteen goals they've, they've conceded mm. in this this group already. So there, it shows you that they, they concede goals. They're defensively not strong. So we need to go and attack them and make sure we score goals. Because when you score goals, it breeds confidence, and then that will be a great thing going into a difficult game on Tuesday night against Austria. Yeah, hopefully 15 goals and counting in terms of the number Moldova have conceded in Group F so far. Scotland against Moldova tomorrow night at Hamden. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's Friday's Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi in the studio at your service. Join us uh, for some football chat. What are you thinking about Scotland? What about Wednesday night? That... Uh, defeat in Denmark. We did wonder what it was going to become 15 minutes in. It, uh, it had all the makings of an absolute roasting at the time. Uh, thankfully, that scoreline after 15 minutes was the final score as well. So some sort of achievement in limiting the Danes to a couple of goals. Now come Moldova uh, for Scotland, the second game of our three World Cup qualifiers tomorrow night at Hamden. It's going to be a big crowd. What about the opposition? Difficult. They'll come, they'll be well organised defensively. Uh, watched the game that they played against Austria the other day. It was a goal in first half injury time and then a goal after 96-97 minutes for the 2-0 for, the for Austria. So they made it difficult for Austria. So we expect them to come be resolute, they're a threat from set plays, as, as most most nations are these days. We'll treat them with every respect, but we look to go out and put on a performance for ourselves and for the fans. That's a, an interesting uh, result for them, isn't it, on Wednesday night against, uh, against Austria, a team we struggled to get a point against at Hamden. Um, and as Stevie Clark says there, Barry... Um, Late first half and and very late second half, they they were Moldova was still in it trying to grab a point when Austria eventually scored again. Yeah, but Moldova were at home. They're they're playing away from home now. Yeah, they'll be playing in front of, as you just mentioned, their third. I would expect to be close to a full house at Hamden, um, with a a lot of fans no no seeing the team play um, live for a long long time. Um, but I, I'm no look by none. Look, I know they'll come and they'll they'll try and frustrate. Um, but what uh, Scotland need to do is they need to go for the throat. As soon as that first whistle goes, Rob, they need to be at them, attack them, um, and then get an early goal. I think once if we do get an early goal, then I think we can go and win the game by a number of, number of goals. So it's important how we start. As I said, a few players now back, I'd expect a couple of them to come straight into the starting lineup. That will freshen that up as well. And I'm sure the boys, listen, they wouldn't have enjoyed what was getting said after the game and against Denmark so they'll need to go out and put a show on and I, I'm sure they will you're at home they need to win to get a bit of confidence for getting into what is going to be a big game on Tuesday It's one of those scary moments he's just been on screen in the studio we just looked to our left and there he was and here he is uh, John McGinn speaking about the opposition We want to win International football these days what we've learned is it's never it's never easy but in games where we, we expect to win at home recently we've dealt with pretty well we've scored early and that's an important thing. We need to get an early goal if we can. But we respect Moldova. Luckily, the other night, the only good thing about not being able to be involved was I did catch bits of Moldova-Austria and towards the end, they had chances to get a point tired towards the end, but they were still in the game right to the, the 93rd minute. So definitely no mugs and they'll relish the atmosphere at Hamden tomorrow. So it's up to us to try and get a, an early goal and show the supporters what we can do. Just looking at his Marcus Scotland goal scoring record, he scored nine in eight home qualifiers. Yeah. That's an incredible record. Uh, he scored in the last two 
um, and only Mo Johnson and Kevin Gallagher have done three in a row. Aye, well, he's. I think he. I think he said it himself. He'll be absolutely champed at the bit. He's been holed up for ten days. Um, he will be desperate to be unleashed um, tomorrow night. His natural um, energy, his natural drive. I think is infectious, Rob, um, and the whole of the team. You know, it will just give everybody that lift. Uh, particularly when you're you're going to be coming up against a Steve Clatsy there, you know, uh, a resolute Moldovan team. Because yeah, we all expect to win, but you need to go out and win. You need to go out and do it. You need to go out and create chances. You need to be patient. Um, you need to be creative. Uh, but I think having McGinn back, if it's going to be uh, McGinn, Gilmore, and Callum McGregor, I think that's a real good uh, midfield three. I like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think John McGinn will play a big part. And on his goals, yeah, I'd I'd back him to score tomorrow night all day long. That sounds like a wee wager to me, <laughs> or maybe it's on already. Um, but he's a real, he has, he's a real driving force in yeah. the Scotland team for the middle of the pitch. I like him when he's let off the leash, Rob, when he can get um, beyond the the centre forwards. He was a big miss. Look, I'm not going to say that he would have made a massive difference against the Danes because they were really good in the first 45 minutes. But John McGinn's a key player for Scotland, and as Mark just um, mentioned there. He brings a real energy. Mm. He gets a crowd up. He's in people's faces. Um, as I said, he'll be he'll be a key player for us uh, tomorrow. And he just summed it up there. They need to get off to a good start. They need to start the game very quickly and get that early goal. And then that settles everybody's nerves down. And then hopefully we can go, go and get a few more after that. And he's a great personality as well. And you do feel that Scotland need that um, as part of the mix as well. Let's let's talk to uh, Gordon, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How's Good yourself? Uh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Getting there. I was, I was a wee bit hungover today after Sunday, but <laughs> feeling a little better now. Ah, good. Over the worst of it. What would you like to say, Gordon? <laughs> No, I was just like to say to Barry, I, was, uh, I, I, I never, I, I didn't get a chance to phone up um, during the week, so I was just like to ask Barry about kind of the transfer window and that, and about Sunday, I was just going to say, um, I, I was a wee bit disappointed myself, uh, I'm not going to lie, when the transfer window had shut, and cause I actually stood right up to 12, I hoping it would maybe bring something, because it was a bit of out the blue, I know Atten's not been featuring that much, but it still came a bit out the blue, that... Um, it went away out and won in that but uh, I, I was a wee bit disappointed to see that nobody else had come in um, however I think obviously the best thing is we kept all our main players and that was a, that was a kind of main thing and I think all the players showed on Sunday they've still got that togetherness and they're still wanting to play for the club and that I was just wanting to ask Barry if, if there was anything he would have done just say he was a Rangers manager as the end he would have liked to have seen come in in the last minute, even a replacement for it. And does he think, you know, I don't know, we don't exactly know enough about Fashion Sakala and Kemal Ruth as much as I think he's probably one of the best strikers in Scotland. He's he's not always that fit and he's always a, a wee niggle away for going out for a couple of games and that. So it's just to see, to get Barry's thoughts on uh, the, kind of, the end of the transfer window if he would have done anything different. I think it's been a positive trans- uh, transfer window. Um, he done his business early, Gordon, and the key thing for me was he kept the big players because um, I'm sure there would have been a lot of teams sniffing round about Kent, Morelos, Arebo, Kamara, Barisic. They five players that I've just mentioned are big players for Rangers. Um, so I think it's been a real positive um, window for them in terms of Eton. I don't think it's quite worked for them. I, I, I'm sure the managers looked at it and think to himself, well, I've kept Morelos, I've got Kemar Ruth, I've got Sakala. 
And then obviously the fourth one is Defoe's backup. I know Defoe's getting on a wee mm. bit. Um, but I, I think in terms of Rangers, what they've done is what will help them. This group of players have been together now a long time. And the, the flip side of that Celtic will bring, uh, brought in, is it 12 players? Yeah. It takes time for pe uh, people to get used to the surrounding and get used to the way that their new manager's playing. So I think Rangers are in the driving seat in terms of the transfer window. It struck me, Mark, as an amazing transfer window for Rangers that they're able financially to keep that squad together without a big sale. Yeah, but I mean, you can only sell, Paul, um, Rob, if you think uh, that you're getting what your player's worth. You know, if if you if you value somebody at ten million quid and, and your best offer's four or something, there's no way you're going to sell. Um, so, I mean, I did think, I thought this would have been the, the window that Alfredo Morelos was 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 gone. I, I really did um, think that, particularly when there was no Champions uh, League, it was an asset to cash in, and, and also for him as well. I think maybe not being able to play with, with Rangers in the Champions, he might have thought, right, okay, I'll go and look to to go. But you know, Stephen Gerrard will be absolutely thrilled. They have kept the the squad um, intact of that. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, they've Katic is gone, Eaton's gone, George Edmondson kind of guys like that. But they're, they're guys that you could probably say are disposable. Um, and to to have kept the main ones there and to have won on Sunday um, under the circumstances of of what Rangers faced the two or three days building up to it. It's been a it's been a good week for Stephen Gerrard and his and his club. Yeah, I, I think they've looked at it. I get like, every season's important, but this season it's no a hundred percent concrete. But whoever wins a league goes straight mm -hmm. in to the Champions League, which is what forty million pound, roughly, yeah. round about. So I think Rangers have looked at that and thought to themselves, unless we get a price for somebody that we think's acceptable, if we don't get it, we're no selling. If we get it, we we, we consider it. But I think Rangers are looking at the bigger picture and think if we keep our squad together. They've added at the, the start of pre-season Lindstrom, Sakala, etc, etc I think they're going for it this year to try and make sure they get straight into that Champions League So do you think that's a statement of intent yep. from Rangers about what lies ahead this season and the big prize at the end of it? Yep, the big prize is £40 million straight into the Champions League That's where a club like Rangers should be striving to get to Disappointing this year against Malmo um, and on the hand, to get into Europa group stages, Rob, that's £10 million. And if you take it into consideration the three home games, you've put another £5 million on top of that. So they're still getting £15 million. Not the dizzy heights of the Champions League money, but I think they've looked at it and thought to themselves, if we keep this squad together, they believe that they've got a strong enough squad, and so they are as well, to retain the league title. Gordon, how significant do you think that win was last Sunday? No, I thought it was brilliant. As uh, I, I wasn't overly, overly confident um, getting into the game. I'm going to be honest that I knew obviously we'd been a wee bit kind of COVID hitting that. But at the same time, it was a chance to show a bit of a statement, and I think it gave the gave the players to to be able to get them put that statement out there, and it got to show them a bit of togetherness. And I think it showed the William Bargain. I was dead impressed with his interview after the game. Um, Obviously, there was a bit of a worry when he was in it right back. I've seen a lot of comments. You've seen the Rangers official Twitter even um, put up a couple of the comments for a laugh. Um, the, the, there was a, a togetherness, and I think, going back to the you know, transfer window chat, I think maybe the board sat and thought, because they did say there was a statement out, uh, towards the end of last season saying that like, obviously we need to sell like, any sustainable business. Disney to the kind of keep spending without getting money back in. And I think 
Uh, as you were talking about, if you win the league this year, you're straight into the Champions League. So I don't know if I thought we'll maybe just chance that we'll we'll gamble, have the big gamble, and uh, try and keep the players, try and knock back the big money offers that came in. Because as you say, that's it's going to be about thirty, forty million pounds straight in the bank if you win the league. So I think it's worth the gamble, and I think we've still got the squad there, more than capable of winning the league as long as they put in. Uh, good enough performances and that obviously and Celtic have still got to jail I, I mean I know this, don't get me wrong they played well against the likes of uh, was it Dundee and uh, St Mirren as yep. well aye. And, um, but they still showed it against uh, Ed Alkmaar against us like you've got they don't always take their chances and they're going to come up against better teams they hadn't played a team as good as Rangers or as solid as Rangers and we were still quite shaky at the back and mm. I think we showed a bit of uh, better defending, obviously cut through us a couple of times, but I think we showed we're still we'll still get a better team than them, and I don't really think who is better than each other on Sunday. I think it was just it's a kind of old style, uh, old firm barrier of playing point of them. Um, we are it's just whoever wants it more in the day, and I just think as long as we keep showing that kind of passion and we keep showing that fight, we do that to the end of the season, and then we can think about if we sell our bigger players, we, we've got the money there to spend to replace them with. Is good quality, so I'm just hoping that's what the board have just thought to us. We'll get there, big gamble, and just go for it. And then, if that happens, then money's in the bank for the Champions League, and things can settle down a bit. Yeah, they would have sold if they had to. Look, they've got. I mean, Stuart, Robert, Stuart Robertson's been quoted a few he times. He said at AGM last yeah. year that, that they may need to sell, or they will need to sell that as the structure going mm, forward, yeah. one or two assets. But the chairman Douglas Park, they've got a real top businessman in charge if they were desperate they would have sold so that tells me that they ain't they're still getting enough money coming in for Europa League also with the games that are going to be at home and they're going to go for it this year um, but I think it'll be a bit different next summer even if they do get into the Champions League I think you could, you will see maybe one or two um, go there'll be a slight turnover in players I, def- I agree with that that's what I was going to say I think uh, regardless of whether we win the league in the Champions League or no, like some of the players are going to want away. Um, I don't know if maybe because I'm not so sure about how Kamara and Goldson and that were feeling because obviously they've not signed that contract in that yet, and I don't know if it's maybe because they were they would maybe want tied down and then Rangers would want too much money. But I think that'd be fine. You're fine to let them go in the summer if we win the league, we're in the Champions League because as I says, then you've got that money coming in the way that you can replace them. I think had we let them go, that money would have a like it would have had to have went towards our, our losses through COVID and that. So, but if you've got that thirty, forty million pound and whatever else kind of money we get through Europe and that, if you get that kind of money coming in, if we win the league, as I says, then you can sell them. You've got the money there as well as the transfer fee for selling these players. You've you've got the money there to replace them again. So, I think I think that's maybe what they were going for. Maybe that's been the thoughts throughout the summer. How much of a double whammy is that for Rangers, Mark? The fact no big sales, no significant sales at all in the transfer windows, no outgoings and victory in the first Old Firm match where they'd made a shaky start and Celtic were coming into it with a bit of momentum. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it was it was a big 72 hours for Rangers. Uh, well, but, you know, five-day period securing Europa League football under difficult circumstances, beating Celtic. In the first derby of the season, particularly with it being the home game, you know, you're looking to get your your three points, and then the the, the closure of the transfer window on Tuesday night. Like uh, Gordon mentioned there, if Stephen Gerrard, if you've been really greedy, 
he probably would have wanted one more in. You know, I, I'm not sure in particular which position, but he just have wanted just to bring in one one more. But you can't argue with what has been done at the club um, in the past two windows from January and in the summer between recruitment and uh, just keeping their, their best players. But eventually Rangers will go into that mode of, of, of... And what you've got to do as well, Rob, and if you want to draw a comparison to across the city, you've got to make yourself... Um, you've got to become a club that's known to be attractive for producing players. So you look at Celtic over the past decade, you know, from Foster the first time round to Winyamas to, to Hoopers um, and then, you know, Van, uh, Van Dykes and all those guys. Mm. So Celtic have got reputation for producing good players, whether it's like buying in cheap or one or two coming through the academy like a Tierney. And that's the next step for Rangers. So you look at the squad that Steven Gerrard inherited in terms of quality in terms of market value to look where it is now but the secret now is to go and maximise so like when Rangers thought they would get 20 million for Morelos maximise the moment choose the optimum moment to go and get the highest value um, that you can like Celtic at 14 million plus add-ons for Edward a couple of days ago great money considering he's got a year to go but what did they contribute in the past 12 months so they might have got 20, 22 million for him this time last year, but they chose not to put him on the market. They chose to keep him to try and get 10 in a row. So it's all about decisions. That's what makes it all go around. But overall, it's been good for Rangers. I think also a plus point is the noise that's been going about the last couple of months in terms of Morelos, Ken, etc., etc. Now these guys can now focus. They're not going to go anywhere. They can now focus on and do you think that's thing. been? Do you think that's been an issue? It, it may play a part, Rob. Look, all players watch Sky Sports News they're on social media they'll see all the noise that there's clubs interested in in them and it will affect them at a, a certain point um, so now they can forget about that the next window doesn't open for another four months they can now focus on the most important thing and that's getting back to top form and playing football again Gordon thanks for your call Thank you. Cheers. Oh, Thanks, Cheers. Cheers the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Chris, it's uh, Friday's Go Radio Football Show. I forgot what day it was, but it is one day away uh, from Scotland against Moldova. And Hamden, of course, uh, goes without saying, that's got to be a win for Scotland on the back of uh, uh, losing in Denmark. Barry, we were just talking about what a great atmosphere it was in Copenhagen on Wednesday night. It wasn't great for us, but it was a magnificent for them, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, w- watching it on the TV, Rob, it, it would have been, that's one of the stadiums you would have loved to have played. I was lucky enough to play in that stadium. Mm. Um the, the fans there create a brilliant atmosphere um, they're close to the pitch aren't they yeah and it's intimidating as well um, but it was uh, look it was a disappointing result in the end but I'm sure the Scotland players if you asked them they would have said the atmosphere was top class the Tyne Castle of Copenhagen yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and it was bouncing Mark wasn't it yeah uh, it was it was terrific and, and going back to the Euros in the summer it was one of the I think the best stadiums for for atmosphere, uh, been lucky enough to be at it a, a couple of times. I've covered the game the night that, that Barry played for for Rangers when they get a great result against Copenhagen to qualify for the Champions League. Two thousand and four, Barry, two thousand three or four. So uh, that was that was a real good uh, a good, good place. And, and, and Copenhagen, as you know yourself, Rob, it's a great city. Mm. It's a good footballing city, yeah. uh, you know. And, and the Danes are, are nice people. And what a talented football team they've mm. got. And they keep producing to be fair I mean you look back since when you know when they really emerged when Scotland had them in the, in the World Cup 
with Mexico then they won the Euros in 92 you know the loud drops yeah. or even see Morton Vicos on the bench mm. the other night Dundee and, and, and Celtic um, and I've had some some top top uh, players and uh, they're, a, they're a credit to football they're really good and they're going to be winning, winning Group F I don't think there's uh, too much doubt about that but can Scotland get second place can we somehow qualify uh, for next year's World Cup Lewis is heading to the game tomorrow night aren't you Lewis yep I'm, I'm going there yep could you sound a little bit happier about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah believe it <laughs> I think it's going to be well, it was 35,000 I think tickets sold a few days ago uh, Lewis ho- hopefully maybe a few more and let's hope there's plenty of noise yeah that's the most important thing is making the noise in it to put behind the team hopefully get a win as well are you feeling positive uh, I but... feel positive but I feel like there could be a, wee, a few wee changes being made though in the team that was started on uh, Wednesday <clears throat> what do you th- what do you think? What are the changes you're looking for? I think you've got to bring John McGinn back in. That no brainer. Yeah. Uh, I think you should start making pass the right wing back. I think his energy will be unbelievable in the game going forward and getting back. Mm-hmm. Proving it for Rangers this season when he's had to step in. Um, London Dykes. Yeah, I'd start London Dykes. Yeah. I don't know why he was a key part to qualifying for Euro. So why? I drop him for um, play Ryan Fraser up front. I didn't understand that whatsoever, but Steve Clark's a manager, no me. Uh, I just think if you've got Linda Knights up there, it gives Shea Adams and Mary a wee bit Mary a wee way to like make different runs, kind of things. Uh, Dykes will be the target man, obviously. Uh, Adams and Fraser up front, they can't anyway pick it up like up high because they've no other really got a target man. So it changes the game and the way that Scotland really play sometimes. So. I'm pretty sure I saw Barry Ferguson nodding in agreement there. Yeah, I can see why he went with Ryan Fraser simply because he's he's fast and he maybe running behind. But look, the the changes. I know we're going to give our team um, later on in the show, Rob. But the changes um, that Lewis has just said there, I totally agree. I've went with the the three. Nathan Patterson as well. Yeah. Yep, I've went from simply the fact that we've got to attack Moldova. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ryan Fraser done done well going back into that position in the second half. I can see people's point of view, maybe him playing there, but I would go with Nathan Patterson, fresh legs. The only problem with Ryan Fraser, he's not played a lot of football. I think you mentioned it earlier in the mm. show, he's not played a lot for Newcastle, so I would bring Nathan Patterson in. John McGinn's a must for me. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. And Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams, for me, are a, a very good partnership, a strong partnership, powerful. Both of them can get about as well. Um, the only thing they need to start doing is putting the ball in the back of the pokey. I think every time that Stevie Clark has left out London Dykes, I would imagine Mark, he has probably regretted it. Uh, thinking about the, the opening Euros game against the Czech Republic, that, that seemed like a mistake. And, and it seemed like a mistake the other night in Copenhagen as well. Yeah, um, well, you think what our, our best performance under Steve Clark probably at Wembley, not forgetting Serbia and the penalty shootout, obviously, to get us there. Who played up front that night? probably when few of us expected it you know going to go to Wembley but we went with the two up top and we kept England busy and we really had to go at them and the, and the boys behind had something to hit had something to aim for had something to work off of having um, uh, Adams and Dykes tomorrow. so I'd be astonished if Dykes and Adams don't start tomorrow night I think it's a perfect game to go and get them in because like we said we probably need to go, go to Austria and win mm. 
we get a better chance of winning the game with the with the two. Albeit I get why he didn't go with the two of them um, on the Wednesday night, but certainly tomorrow and probably um, Tuesday in Vienna go with the partnership of them. And he's been in good goal-scoring form, Lewis, as well, London Dykes. I think he scored three times already this season in his first four championship games in England for, for Queen's Park Rangers. So so he's a guy on form. Yeah, like Barry just said, yeah, he made a good point. Ryan Fraser's not been playing for Newcastle and London Dykes has been playing most weeks after every week for QPR. So I was a weird one when they were uh, Wednesday night as well because normally, as Barry will know, he's a manager himself, uh, you better play your informed players. People that are playing week in, week out because then they're ready to play the match fit. Like sometimes you could turn up anybody that plays football, you know, you could turn up you maybe not played for a few weeks and you could be a wee bit rusty or you could be anything like flying and stuff like that might not help as well. But I just thought that London Knights was a perfect suit because the defenders at Denmark, hey, the two big boys, well three big boys with the fair back three. Mm. Eric uh, Christensen for Chelsea and then that Kajaya that plays for AC Milan as well they're two big boys so Ryan Fraser wasn't going to get much at the game I didn't think playing against the two because they're big boys and they're strong physical physical thing coming in as well so I just thought it was a weird one but I know where he's, I know why he's done it obviously bro was just rest on the dates for the next two games because maybe he can't play all three games I don't know if he's got an injury or like we did get to know the inside and outside mm-hmm. but I hope he starts tomorrow, Dyke, because it'll be a. I think he'll be a big player for us tomorrow. Yeah, they Anderson of uh, Crystal Palace uh, as part of their back three as well, and I, and, I they just, were, they, and they were absolutely cruising at first half. Yeah, I just thought he ruffled them up a wee bit in the second half. Yeah, um, where we could go a bit back to front. Um, Lyndon Dykes, I mean, nine times out of ten, he wins um, the aerial battle, uh, and I just thought they didn't enjoy that side yet, um, and that's why I think it's a good partnership. Lyndon Dykes winning balls in the air. She Adams round about him and then you're going to have John McGinn running off him as well um, so that that's the way for me I think Steve Clark will go tomorrow night because sometimes you worry that it just introduces the negative when you when you leave out a Linden Dykes in a game like that you're you're almost inviting uh, Denmark to take over the game um, and, and I thought She Adams worked really hard but he was isolated wasn't he? Yeah I mean it's probably if if you with the benefit of hindsight and looking at Steve Clark's probably thinking uh, the nippiness of, of Ryan Fraser just staying in the game and then maybe you know putting on dykes you know if we need to go and try and salvage um, something but you know he, he picked the team he picks every team for what he thinks is best you know he's assessed them in training he really studies the opposition you know he could tell you whatever it is you need to know about Denmark and likewise again for for Moldova tomorrow so Wednesday night's gone, it's about tomorrow night, Rob, and um, it's at Hamden, probably going to have about 40,000 Scotland supporters, Tartanam in there. Let's unleash Dykes and Adams. I think of the energy, the quality, McGinnon behind them, bringing that 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 drive, um, whether it's Ryan Fraser on the right or Stephen Adoro or Nathan Patterson, whoever's going to come in on the right-hand side. And then Billy Gilmer, just look, I'm sure the Scotland fans are looking forward to seeing Billy Gilmer uh, in a Scotland jersey um, as well at Hamden so get those guys in the team let's go and get a good result and uh, prepare us for Vienna and um, we could be sitting on Tuesday night Rob in a real good place it's going to be a hell of an ass to get six points 
but that's what we've got to aim for and um, we might just pull it off Mark mentioned Billy Gilmore there I thought he did pretty well didn't he the other night I mean it, it wasn't it wasn't an easy game for yeah. him but he probably came out of it with a fair bit of credit Barry Yep, yeah, I, I thought the first half like many of the players that were on the pitch in the first half it passed them by um, but I thought he, he, he got control of it uh, got on the ball a lot more um, and you can see what he brings to the team he wants the ball at every opportunity he had a couple of drives um, he, he took the ball we carried the ball 30 40 yards good passing as always had a good shot just by the post mm. um, but I, I just love watching him I just think each game he'll get stronger and better um, and that's the, the three in the middle of the part I think it's a an excellent midfield three Callum McGregor Billy Gilmer and John McGinn you've got a bit of everything in there and Lewis getting uh, Tierney and Robertson in tandem down the left hand side again is just one of our real pluses of the team isn't it? Yeah well, that was another thing I didn't understand because you know, we've seen before Steve Clark decisions have been spot on you can't go around against it he's not an attacking manager you're not expecting him to go 4-3-3 4-4-2 whatever if it's a 3-5-2 you know that every game so but Andy Robertson at right back was just that blew my mind. That's, yeah. that's not to be seen. You've got Ryan Frazier that's played there before. I reckon there's a few other players that can play at right back and he goes and puts a left-fitted left back that's never played right back in his life at right back. I was just so confusing. But then, I'm sure he switched in the second half. I can't remember what he done. I think, did he not put Ryan Frazier? He did. At right, yeah. right wing back, yeah. yeah. And you just, I'm sitting there questioning myself at the second half thinking, oh, why did you not just do that for the start? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people are asking that. Yeah, uh, just, just yeah. Just before we go, so what's the what's the plan tomorrow night for you? What's the schedule? Uh, just get up in the morning, get ready for the game, and then head through, get a wee bite to eat, and then head into the stadium. And looking forward to, it and you're feeling confident that we'll get the the win that we definitely need tomorrow night. Yeah, definitely. A wee confidence booster for you have to look forward to Tuesday as well because. You win this Moldova game, then you've set yourself in the perfect position to go to uh, Austria and give them a good run for the money at least. Enjoy it tomorrow night. Good to have you on the show, Lewis. Thank you. Enjoy, boys. All the best. Yes, Lewis. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's a big weekend in women's football as well with SWPL back in business. Uh, we had Aileen Campbell on the show uh, just the other week. Uh, the new chief executive of Scottish women's football talking about her hopes and ambitions uh, for the game. Uh, but at the top level, it's uh, back to business as of this weekend. It's back to business for the Scotland men's team tomorrow night against Moldova at Hamden. Just heard there from Stevie Clark saying, Barry Ferguson, any win is a good win. So is 1-0 enough tomorrow night? Yeah, listen, it's three points. That That's the main thing. Look, but we all want to see Scotland score um, a few goals. That's been our, our issue, Rob. Let's be honest. We're, we're, uh, we're creating chances. We're not turning the chances into goals um, so hopefully I will see that tomorrow night look the main thing is they get the three points but listen it's a bonus if we play really well and we get three or four goals which I think we've got every possibility because I think he's going to freshen it up with um, two or three faces um, coming into that team I'm sure the boys will be hurting for the performance certainly the first 45 minutes so I fully expect Scotland to win the game and win the game convincingly. I know what's making me feel good. John McGinn is back. <laughs> Never really enjoyed watching it. I always want to be involved, help playing and um, obviously disappointed we, we didn't win. But 
we don't really have the time to reflect on it. It's a, a really quick turnaround. It was a quick turnaround from the boys playing games last weekend. And it's important for us now to try and get smiles back back on faces and, and get a positive result, which we, we badly need. We spoke earlier on, Mark, about the goals he scores. Um, there's so much about his game, but also just the effect he has on the players around yeah. about. He, he is a personality player. He's very positive. He lifts it. Yeah, he's he's also a good type off the park as well. Mm. Uh, Rob, you know, he's one of the pranksters, but you know, particularly when Yara, you know, together for ten days. Although he made a, a great point as well, you know, the, the sympathy that I have for Steve Clark, but it applies to all international managers just now. Is that um, it is just it's it's one prep day, rest day, one prep day. You know, all the work as he said is, is stuff that he'd have instilled into them during the Euros when he had them for for four. Um, weeks together but now these triple headers you know three games in six days you know you're not really getting um, as much work done um, as, you, as you would like but having somebody like a John McGinn back in the camp the boys would have missed him he'd have missed the, the, the boys there for the first uh, four or five days having them back in he's, uh, he's a good type um, to have and that's important too and his contribution that he'll make on the part tomorrow night I agree with Barry um, and I'm not just being patriotic I genuinely believe that uh, Scotland will win and I fancy Scotland to win by three goals tomorrow night, Rob. I think they're going to go out and put a performance on. Yeah, I'll, John I'll McGinn. Like yeah, John McGinn. He's a big character. He sets standards. That's what he does. Mm. He sets standards during games, and he, he drives the, the the team on. And he was he was badly missed. Um, I, I'm not saying one player makes a team, but Scotland are a far better team with John McGinn. And and as you just mentioned, what was it? Eight goals and nine qualifiers. Nine and games. eight, nine and eight home qualifiers. Yeah, there you go. That's what he brings mm. to the party as well. Not just a good football player, because I think he's he's improved. See, over the last two or three years since he went down to Villa and mm. the Championship, into the the Premier League, he's um, he's been impressive, and certainly he's been the same for Scotland. So he was a big miss. So great to have him back, um, as I said, because he's a real driving force in the middle of the pitch. Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Rob McLean, Friday's Go Radio Football Show. And we've got Cammy with us as well, who's a Scotland fan. Hi, Cammy. Hi, guys. Good evening. Good evening. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I think it gives Scotland a chance to bounce back after the result against Denmark. I think we could get a positive result. I just wanted to ask the guys, just for a team, obviously, like Scotland to set up quite defensively. I just feel as if they give away too many chances for the way that they set up. I just wanted to get their thoughts on that. Barry? Look, well, you can set up, but I mean, he likes a three at the back. There's no no doubt about that. Mm. But three at the back can be really offensive as well. Um, and certainly, if I, I think with the two wing-backs he's going to go with, if he goes with Nathan Patterson and Andy Robertson, their main attributes is, is getting forward and getting balls into the box. Um and I think that will allow if he plays a midfield three, John McGinn certainly, to go and support the, the front two and maybe even another um, midfielder getting into the box. So you can set it up defensively, but also you can set it up offensively. And I think that's the way he'll flip it. A bit more defensive against Denmark, which you've got to be when you're coming up against a better team. But all due respect to Moldova, they're not the strongest, so we can set up in a way that we can go and attack them. And that's with two um, attack-minded um, wing backs because they'll be basically like wingers mm. they're both wing backs um, tomorrow at Hamden Hamden massive pitch as well Rob you know what it's like mm. there's so much space there so I think you can set up 
we're playing a 3-5-2 in a, a real positive manner. Cammy, what did you think about Wednesday night in Copenhagen? I, it was tough. I just felt like this Scotland, obviously, I don't think they created enough. Denmark seems to um, get a lot of joy with, with the ball switched to the back post. That's also where they got one of their goals from. Two, two of the goals were in quite quick succession, which probably then killed the game off. I just felt it was, I think Scotland were flat. Obviously, I'd had a few players out, like John McGinn, Nathan Carlton, who maybe would have started the game. But it was a poor uh, performance by Scotland overall. Do you still believe in Stevie Clark? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I hope I, don't, I agree with the people who are um, saying he should be sacked. You know, he's got us to the European Championships, which which is up, which is what everyone wanted. We wanted to get to a major tournament. So I don't see a reason to sack him. I think what was they hadn't lost a game in qualified for a long time. I heard the other night um, on the commentary someone say that. So I don't think it's time to sack him yet. I think he needs to be given time. Because you've got to remember, these international managers don't actually get given a lot of time with the players overall. It's not like a club manager where they get every single day to work with the players. They only get two weeks every few months to work with them and then they have to go into two or three games at a time. So it's, got, it's tough for Steve Clark, but I still believe in him. Mark, is it uh, in Stevie Clark we trust for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely, um, you know, for managers to be, for people to be calling for his head midway through a campaign, honestly, I, I genuinely think it's ludicrous. Rob, and sometimes, you know, who out there, who, who's better yeah. than Steve Clark? I mean, realistically, who would we get right now that's better? You look at his CV, he's taking us to, to, to a final, look at what he's achieved, look at the the faith that the players have in him, the belief yeah. that, that, that they have in him. You know, sometimes... Um, we shown on last night <coughs> talking about Davy Moyes, for for instance. You know, it's, but, not, it's not realistic. Why? No. It's not realistic, Rob. No. Okay, now, if you want to become the Scotland manager, it's, it's not all about money, it's about tugging at the heartstrings. Davy Moyes has just signed a quote. If you want to take Davy Moyes as an example, Davy Moyes would be a brilliant Scotland manager. And I think one day he will manage Scotland, but I think that's five, six years down the line. But Davy Moyes would be earning in the region of £70,000, £80,000 a week, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, something like that. Might even be more, probably is more. But to, to become the Scotland manager, what year? I don't know, roughly half a million pounds a year. Mm. Approximately that. Okay, so still great money. But it's not it's not um it's not realistic to mention somebody like David Moyes. And that said, we have got a manager there. I remember when it was Gordon Strachan's time, people were asking for change. You're getting towards the end and I could see it but when I looked at the candidates they said well you're, we're not going to get anybody with a better CV we're probably not going to get a better manager than Gordon Stratton but I did accept that sometimes it's just time for a different voice a couple of different ideas that's why I said we're going to get somebody better but just to freshen it up but I don't think we're at that stage with Steve, Stevie Clark far from it These games come thick and fast as well don't they and changing in the middle of a campaign achieves nothing Barry does it? Yeah I, I just find it crazy that, that people are, are actually mentioning the word sack what Stevie look where we were before he took over mm. we were in the doldrums we were struggling uh, was it Kazakhstan had yeah. beat us we were all over the place yeah. couldn't buy a win um, it's, a, it's been a slow burner with Steve Clark because he came in and first and foremost he made sure we were rock solid at the back he had to change something he changed the formation and he got us to a major championship in 23 years mm. right Wednesday night first 45 minutes it wasn't great but we improved slightly in the second half and we just need to get the feel-good factor back tomorrow and that's be winning a, a game of football. And bearing in mind, 
probably had a couple of, no, even a couple of days mm. on the training ground yeah. with this group of players. That's a hard thing. Guys yeah. travelling, people with niggles for the game at the weekend. Uh, you'd be lucky if he had the full squad together for one session before that game against Denmark. Yeah, I need six outfield players on the bench uh, yeah. in Copenhagen. That, yeah. So, but it's also, a, as well, it's the same, and Barry knows at club level, we know, Rob, um, you're in eggshells mm. for, for COVID for reasons that you know you think you're, you're working. So, I think, right, I need to wrap the players up. You, you, they can't, if you want to call it, bond the same way because of the, the rules and, mm. and, and regulations and making sure everything's um, done properly. So, you put all that into the account, you know, it's. I'm not saying it's not a pleasant experience, but it's not as pleasant as it should be, and it's not as pleasant as it can be, for obvious reasons. And yes, every other international manager has got that uh, hurdle as well. It will is here, but um, for 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 Steve Clark, just to get back to the point, he is the best man for the job um, at the moment. Of that, there's no doubt. Assess it where we are at the end of Qatar. Also, it's going to be difficult. I don't think we will qualify uh, for for Qatar, but I hope I'm wrong. But if we don't. I don't think that's saying for Steve Clark. I think he deserves another uh, another go at it. Yeah, I, I go on as well. When you listen to players getting interviewed, whether it's in the TV or radio or, or doing interviews in the, the the newspapers, they look if they want to be there. They look if they're happy to be there. So he's got a good. He's, there's a good spirit run about the place. Yeah, like you're going to have an off performance. You're going to have an off result. But I'm always confident that this group of players can bounce back. He's passionate about the job, isn't he? He cares about yeah. the job. I think you you get that from him 100%. Nobody hurting uh, more than him the other night with what happened in the first uh, 15 minutes. Cammy, uh, Patterson back, Nisbet back, O'Donnell back, McGinn back, all available uh, for Scotland tomorrow night. But no Scott McTominay. Uh, he's still out. How big a miss is he for Scotland, the Man United midfielder? I think he's a massive miss, especially because he is quite versatile. He can slot in into the back three or also he can play in the midfield so he'll be a miss as well I'm happy to see John McGinn and Nathan Patterson coming back in I think I think they will start um, tomorrow night but I'm I'm looking forward to it and London Dykes up front? Uh, yeah I would play London Dykes and uh, Shea Adams as the two I think Nisbet will have a role to play tomorrow night at some stage as well Rob you can see Nisbet 20-25 minutes um, maybe having to come on and, and um, try and help turn it. It might be a long night, but I think we'll get there. And I, th- I think we will win by by three goals. But I can see Nisbet playing a part tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if Nisbet gets a goal. Yeah, I, I like Nisbet, but the team that I've picked, I think we're one player away from being at our strongest. McTominay. McTominay. For me, I like him in the back three. You would shuffle Grant Hanlon into the middle of that back three. McTominay and Kieran Tierney either side him. I like McTominay at the back. He's very good on the ball. Defensively, he might be a wee bit suspect because he's naturally a centre midfielder. But I think we're one player away with the team that I've picked for being our, our strongest team. How did you feel about your nephew winning his first Scotland Cup Wednesday night? Yeah, de- delighted. It was um, it was a proud moment um, for the family. Brilliant to, to see him go on the pitch. Uh, there's been a lot of people speaking about it. Maybe last season could they have maybe get into the Euro squad. I thought, I thought that was a bit too much. Now, he started the season really well for Aberdeen. And he found his himself into Steve Clark's plans. Now it's about building on that. Keep me good for me, Aberdeen. Um because he's enjoying it, obviously. He's getting forward more. He's he's come up with a few goals, Rob, as you know. Um so no, listen, delighted for him. It was a as I say, a a proud moment for the Ferguson family. Is he is he learning from Scott Brown 
Barry, can you see that already? What you know, working with him day in day out. There'll be no doubt. Listen, I think he'll become a better player because Scott Brown's one of the ones he'll be banging the centre of the park. He'll stay behind the ball, and that though then sorry allows Lewis for me, which is better is getting forward, getting into dangerous areas to score goals. Um, and he's still learning. And as I said, there's no better person. Scott Brown with the experiences he's had over the years One person we haven't really spoken about in terms of the Scotland team um, for tomorrow night is David Turnbull um, Is he peripheral to your thinking Mark to, to Stevie Clark's thinking in terms of a starting lineup? I mean, he's, I think he, he did start one of the, the friendlies didn't he um, mm. before the Euros Holland and Portugal was I think it, that's yeah. right yeah. I think that's right off the bench uh, yeah. the other night but it didn't feature at all at the Euros Yeah he's He's, he's a talented footballer, but but he's young, and uh, you look at big game experience. He's, he's he's got a bit, but but not a lot. So he asked, "Do I think David Tumble's a starter? No. Uh, do I think he's a starter anytime soon? No, no, I don't. I think the players that we've got in that area uh, would be ahead of him. And you look at his performance against against Rangers um, last Sunday. It was a good performance, but it could be better. He's yeah. he's, he's I think it's his." Um, what do you want to call it? Cuteness, know-how, you know, being a wee bit flyer on the pitch, being a wee bit anticipating a wee bit more what's coming and, and, and being ready. And but that'll all come with the bigger games and the more experience. Unless I'm mistaken, last season was just his first big season with Celtic, wasn't it? His mm, first season yeah. at, at the club. So he's learning. It's a it's a major uh, thing achievement for him to have forced his way into the Scotland squad um, already. So look, Scotland Quare, he'll have a big contribution to make for sure. But he's not a starter for me, not yeah, yet. He's certainly knocking on the door. There's no doubt about it. He'll be in Steve Clark's plans. I just five, five goals already this season, Turnbull. Yeah, listen, he's had an impressive start um, of the season. That's why he's in the squad. I know he was in the Euro squad, but he, he's certainly one that's knocking on the door. And if David Turnbull played, I would be happy enough for that because he's a player that I, I rate highly. He's um, capable of big moments as well, he isn't is, he? Listen, he, he can. He's one of the ones where he's a risky player as well, which mm -hmm. I like. Yeah. He'll risk that pass in the final third. Um, it might not come off all the time, but he's willing to go and try it. And that's what I like about him. He's got no fear. I just look at the three that I've picked. I just think at this moment in time, that's the strongest three. But look, David Turnbull could swap with Billy Gilmore. Um, and listen, I would be happy enough with that because David Turnbull is a player that, as I said, I, I think highly of. So, Cammy, what's your starting 11 for tomorrow night? Or just, um, the, or just the, the the key players you want in, basically. I would, I would put John McGinn in. I would put Nathan Patterson in. As I said, I'd put London Dykes, Shea Adams up top. I'd play Billy Gilmore in the midfield. I'm not Billy Gilmore, Kenny McLean. I think it is tough picking a lot. I start a lot from from the players that we've got. There's a lot. Of, I do believe there is quite a lot of. Yeah. Um, holding midfielders in the squad, I would probably, I'd talk, I would, I would put those players in. Yeah, I think we're all talking pretty much the same language, to be honest, in terms of uh, the changes we want to see. Big game uh, tomorrow night, Cammy. Good to have you on the show. 
Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Cammy. All, All the best. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Just for that, Chris. He suddenly appeared in the studio and we all got a bit of a shock. Uh, keeping us up to date on what's happening travel-wise across Glasgow and the West, this is Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show. Uh, we're at a million downloads now in terms of uh, catching up on the the football conversation. So thanks a lot to you all for listening, your support. Thanks for getting involved in the show as well. Nothing better uh, for us than when you dial 0808 17 17 700 and you decide what we're going to talk about next, which is pretty handy sometimes because, quite honestly, I don't have a clue where <laughs> where we're going to go next. It's Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. We're just over 24 hours away from Scotland against Moldova at Hamden and we're all delighted that uh, John McGinn is back on the scene and uh, well we've got to be talking about second place we ain't going to be winning Group F but can we finish second? Yeah we we, we definitely need to be realistic it's going to be very tough to to catch Denmark they're a a top side and they proved it the other night very street wise and the way they handled the game is is something we can can probably learn from so that's maybe a little bit out of reach we'll not give up trying to get there Um, but it would take yeah, a bit of a miracle for Denmark not to finish top. So three teams now battling out for second and it's up to us to, to get the results to, to get us there. It would be good to think, Barry, that Scotland do learn from that experience the other night of just, you know, I mean, it's painful at the time when you're playing against it and it would be lovely to have been watching that game as a neutral, uh, the atmosphere, the quality of football. But but Scotland have to learn, don't they, from nations who are better than us? Yep, um, the way that they, they played the game, the way they started the game, I think we need to take a leaf out of their book. That's how we've got to start tomorrow, tomorrow night against Moldova. They, they started, I think Steve Clark had mentioned it. That was the way they were going to start really quick. Um, but there were some really good footballers. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not one to single everyone, uh, one player out. I was just impressed with the way they went about their business. Um, and it just shows you a nation of that size, you can produce that amount of footballers I think Martin had mentioned earlier on like, throughout the years I've always produced one or two or three um, top players but I look at this group that's the reason why they got the semi-finals of Europe that's why they're a 11th in the world mm-hmm. um, they're a, a real good watch um, strong and physical as well when they need to be but good football team and as you say, the talent keeps coming, Barry. Darami, the, the 19-year-old from Ajax, yeah, came off the great, bench for them second half. It was great to hear the fans, Rob, as well. They were cheering them every time they get the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And they, are, they, they love to see young players come through. And I think, if you look at our squad, we've got, we've got Nathan Patterson. We've got the biggest one, I think, who's going to be a massive player for us, Billy Gilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to appreciate these players and, and make sure we get behind them and support them. Because um, we've got... Good, real top young players coming through and also when I look at the, the squad you've got Kieran Tierney top player Andy Robertson top player John McGinn top player Scott McTominay uh, when he's yeah, around yeah I, I can go on and on so we just need to we've got the players to to be a, a very good team and, and challenge it's too far away for us to get top spot John McGinn was open and honest about that you need a miracle but now we've got to aim and make sure we get that sort of, uh, second spot. Let's talk to John, who writes, of course, for the, the famous Tartan Army magazine. Hi, John. Hey, Rob. Hi, Barry. Mark, how are you doing? How are you doing, John? Are Hi, you, John. Are you moving at speed at the moment? <laughs> yeah, within speed limits, yeah. I'm, okay. also, um, 
I can't name my sponsor a few charity night with Kevin Gallagher tonight over ah, Scotland, so okay. I apologise if I don't hear everything that you say. No, no, that might be a benefit to you if you don't hear everything, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> as long as we hear yeah. what you're saying, John, that's the that's the main thing. How are you feeling on the back of Wednesday night? Yeah, well, Wednesday was also very disappointing. Um, you know, the way I, I was expecting us to lose because Denmark are a top top team just now, but the way we we just collapsed in the first fifteen minutes was just um, was not great, and obviously. Steve Clark's admitted that you got your team selection wrong. Um, it was just good to that we managed to get away with two 0 after that. To be honest, but um, big game tomorrow. We need to win. Um, need to take it to them, and I'm I'm confident that we'll we'll get the three points. And I'm looking forward to it because I'm taking my boy to the game. Oldest boy, so his first football match. Excellent. And are you feeling good about uh, Vienna? as well John I mean I know it's one game at a time as Barry Ferguson very often reminds me but uh, the, the game that potentially is going to make a difference here for Scotland is, is Vienna on Tuesday isn't it? Yeah, ask me after half past nine tomorrow night <laughs> I'll give you the answer but um, yeah Austria's the crucial one um, a lot of people are saying because um, we need a point in that game and I kind of agree but I actually think we need to be given that we we drew the medal in the campaign and we've also drawn with Israel, so we've got that fallback to make up. Um, I know that's going to be tough and Austria's a tough side, but um, if you're going to be in the top two, we need to try and um, win that game if possible. But let's focus on tomorrow night. First of all, because if we take your eye off Moldova, um, you just never know. So let's just focus on getting the win tomorrow, which we should get, but I'm not. I was really taken, Mark, with Grant Hanley the other night. Those are words that I never thought I would use in his first yeah. spell as a, a yeah. Scotland player. He that, I think he was, it was a three-year exile uh, when he didn't play at all. Since he's come back, he's been a revelation, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, he has. Actually, you know, I, I thought his international career was over, uh, Rob, to be honest. But you know, he's gone. He's now the, the, the captain at Norwich City. He was brilliant for them uh, last season. Uh, helped Daniel Farkas' team get, get, um, get uh, promoted again. Uh, back into the the EPL, um, and he's solid. He's he's absolutely solid. I think it's like what we all um, we hear very often. You know that like, central defenders. It's like between the age of twenty eight and thirty three that they're at their best. Mm. You know when they've got the three four hundred games under their belts, and you can see that with Grant Hanley. You know he, he's just Mister Reliable um, now. But I, I agree with, with Barry's point too um, on it. Uh, when we're talking about Scott McTominay, even though he's not available for the next two games, I'd have him in the back three all day long. Mm -hmm. I like him in there. You know, you, you want to have a footballer in there as well as well as you know some some real battles. And and, and I put um, Hanley in a kind of talented battler mould, whereas somebody like a, a McTominay just brings that bit of elegance um, to to a back line uh, as well. But certainly to get back to your original question, Grant Hanley, absolutely brilliant and. Uh, reinvented himself at international level and credit to him for that Would that be your first choice back three Barry yes. uh, McTominay on the right Tierney on the left and Hanley in the middle Yep that's um, for me the best uh, trio for that that position um, that back three I think Gran Hanley in the last couple of years has grown into a right good centre back I think he was one of the best performers in the Euros for us mm -hmm. um, and I thought the other night he had another exceptional game real Old school defender, loves defending. Um, and I just like the, the the kind of way it works with McTominay, who's very good on the ball, coming out, same with Kieran Tierney. So that's the 
that's the strongest three for me. But Grant Hanley deserves a lot of credit, Rob. Um, he's not a lot of people's cup of tea, but for me, he, again, is similar to John McGinn, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson. He's one of the first names that um, Steve Clark looks mm. for when he's picking his squad. Do you agree with that, John? Are you, uh, have you become a Hanley fan? Were you a Hanley fan in, the, in his first spell as a Scotland player? Well, I'll be honest, I've done a 316 Grant Hanley. Um, I'll, I'll be brutally honest. I mean, the first spell on a Scotland player, I thought it was a bit of a bomb scare, but I'm delighted to see that over the last few months since he's come back in, he's proved me wrong. Um, but I think what helps in this formation, he's in the centre and he's just asked to do one thing, defend. He's not asked to do anything else, not asked to do any ball playing anything. He's just asked to defend and he's been doing it well because he's got... Well, usually it's the Tierney and McTominay, which obviously make a difference because they're the kind of players that can bring the ball out. Um, I, I've got a feeling that Jack Kendrick will probably start tomorrow night in McTominay's position. Um, no, if we're still continuing with this formation tomorrow. And yeah. Kendrick should be full of confidence for tomorrow because he can bring the ball out as well yeah. and he's just off the back of a big money move to, to Bruges. So I'm expecting um, him to come in and, and play very well as well. But yeah, um, Hanley... I, I, I don't want to worry you, John, but I, I've got him and I've got Jack Henry in my back three for tomorrow night as well. Barry, what are you thinking? Jack Henry likes to come out with the ball. He likes to pass the ball. Um, that 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 could be a, a right good option. Um, is he? Is I'm taking it he's not on your team then. The no, one that you've got scrolled down in front no, of you. He, he's who have you, who have you team, got there? Listen, it's a good shout. The back three is Hanley, Cooper, and Tierney. Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Um, but listen. Uh, He's a good shout, Henry. He'll be full of confidence. He's got a big move. Um, and again, he was out in the wilderness a year ago. He came in, and when he's been asked, he's, when he's been sorry, called upon, he's not let Scotland down. Um, he's a good player. Good player. John, the other night, the first half in Denmark, um, who was your anger directed towards when it was all going horribly wrong? W was it Stevie Clark's team selection, the tactics, or or was it the, the players on the pitch? Uh, it was predominantly the tactics. I mean, you could see early doors that it wasn't going to work. Um, and cause Denmark had a, there was a ball played in early on towards two in the side where the, um, the boy got ahead of a cross goal. And, we didn't um, heed the warnings. We didn't go shut down the, the supply to that. And obviously that led to the first goal. But obviously individuals need to go out and make, make it work. But you're asking some players to play in different roles. And see the team that played second half. All right, you can argue that Ryan Fraser isn't an actual wing-back. But it looks more natural with him out there than Andy Robertson coming in on his left foot. And we did play better. You can argue that Denmark for the second year second half but it was a better performance second half and it looked more natural and it just makes you wonder why didn't we start with it yeah although I suppose Barry you can, you can set out whatever plan you want as a manager and unless the players take that onto the pitch and work it then you know you're at the mercy of what the opposition are going to do to you yeah but before the, he's obviously picked a team he would have had a, a chat with Andy Robertson are you comfy enough to go and play there? Andy Robertson strikes me as the type of character that he'll go and play anywhere uh, for Scotland. Um, but it, it didn't suit us. You've seen the difference when we went back. Uh, when, sorry, he changed it at half-time. It certainly made a difference. Look, you can argue um, that maybe Denmark took their foot off the, the gas a wee bit. Um, that could have been the case. But I thought we looked better 
with Tierney and Robertson yeah, on that right. left-hand side. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a real danger. And you've seen a couple of times, Tierney breaking forward, Robbo just sitting in yeah. his position. They've got a right good understanding. Yeah. But listen, that'll change, I think. A natural right-sider will, will come in and I think that'll be Nathan Parson. I think that was like, just what Barry's talking about there, uh, Rob, John agrees, that's like for a manager and his staff after the game, not to self. Don't play Andy Robertson at right back again. Mm -hmm. Don't break up the best two players that we've got. I mean, we've, we've worked for four or five years to try and find a way to get these two guys together. Yeah. And Steve Clark found it. Don't break it up again. Yeah. And I can understand why he's thinking, look, I've got a real problem on the right side. Who better to turn to than the most experienced player in the team? A European Cup winner, uh, you know, an EPL champion um, than Andy Robertson. As Barry said, he'll give his all but it didn't work. Don't don't break it up because what you're doing then is you're weakening your right-hand side but you're weakening your left-hand side too. So I can understand why and probably the best thing about that or the positive thing about that was it happened in a game where we weren't really expecting to get out of. It's better than trying that the other night than doing it tomorrow night and it doesn't work mm. and we cost ourselves two points or whatever. And John, we ended up with both Tierney and Robertson who are such big players for Scotland both playing in positions that they don't play at their club. Right wing back for Robertson, left wing back for, for Tierney. Yeah, it was, um, as I say, it was just strange, but at least, at least they fixed it um, later on in the game, as Mark rightly says. Um, and yeah, it just didn't happen at the start. I mean, I don't think Scott McKenna plays well, um, and he was rightly hooked at half time. And I take no pleasure in saying that because obviously there's odd support as well. I want to see a former player play well for the national team, but he didn't have a good game. He's not started the season well at Forest. Um, but yeah, we need to play him players in familiar positions. I think most of the players play in a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, but they're also playing this 5-3-2 with Scotland and it's been working to a degree. Um, I'd like to see Clark be flexible if need be, um, like he did against Israel in that second half when the, the formation didn't work, they switched it for. I'm interested to see if he does that tomorrow if things aren't going to the plan. I sat through the, the, the media conference. It was a bit of a bizarre sort of Zoom call media conference on the back of the game on, on, on Wednesday night. And Andy Robertson is first up at the at the news conference. He, you know, continually fronts up. And he was the first question he was asked was, you know, did you offer to play in that position or were you just told to play in that position? And and his answer was, well, you know, and clearly he, he was suffering, suffering with his own performance first half uh, and suffering with the, the whole team performance. But there's never a pointing of a finger at anybody as far as he's concerned. He just, you know, he'll go out there and give it all he's got, even in a position that's alien to him, Barry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if Stevie Clark, well, when Stevie Clark went to him, he'd have said, right, no problem, I'll, I'll play there. That, that's what that type of character will, will do and, and say. Um, he'll go on with it. Did he look comfy? No, he didn't. Um, and you've seen the difference. Second half proved it. Um He's just, for me, he's a, he's a real threat. I just love watching the two of them. Two of them have got a real good understanding um, together. And you've seen the difference in the second half. So I, I don't think he'll, he'll go away from his formation. I think that's a tried and trusted one. I know what John just says there. He did change it. And that's something that he will do because his real first half wasn't good enough. He went to a back four. He surprised quite a lot of people to do that. And in the end, we should have won that game. Um, so there is, there is flexibility in the squad. But I think, he likes going with that three at the back and I think he'll go with that to start with and if it doesn't work then I think maybe you'll see him changing. What are you expecting John tomorrow night in the way of atmosphere? I'd like to think it'll be a really good one because the first time there's been a close to full crowd um, for what a couple of 
couple of years. Yeah. Um, a good few years now. I mean, obviously, I know there was crowds at Euros, but it's not the same 12,500 compared to the, well, I saw tickets were just um, at 40,000 um, last I've seen. Um, I think it'll be a really good atmosphere. I'd say I'm going with my son and I'm also going with uh, my mum, my sister and her too, so it'll be a nice family night for the the, the lot of us and Lovely. hopefully Scotland can get three points. And your prediction, sir? I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0 Scotland. Okay, okay. Good to have you on the show. Cheers, John. Thanks again, guys. All Thanks, the best. John. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Just over 24 hours away from Scotland against Moldova on the back of uh, what was a fright night for the first 50 minutes against Denmark. And uh, praise be, we managed to limit the scoreline to just that after 90 minutes. But uh, no more points on the board and we're a couple of points behind both Israel and Austria in the group table, Group F, after four games played. So uh, three points goes without saying as a must tomorrow night. And uh, we're probably going to need another three in Vienna on Tuesday as well. But uh, it's good news to have uh, John McGinn back on the scene. Is he fully fit? No, I've just, I've really done full training. That We've got all the stats and technology to see if I'm all right, see if I'm going to keel over. And thankfully, thankfully enough, my heart rate was a wee bit high yesterday, but the staff are all aware of it and, I'm feeling good. I was I was feeling I mentioned a couple of times in, in interviews for Villa the fittest I've ever been. So it's came at a, a little bit of an awkward time for me, but it's a good chance for me to get back involved and see how long I last tomorrow if I forget the nod. Yeah, don't keel over whatever you do, John McGinn. We need you badly. So Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi in the studio, and we've got Andy from Hampton Road Podcast on the line. Hi Andy. Hi Rob, how you doing? Yeah, very well. Um, before we start talking about the game, what about the stag do you're off to in the Lake District? Can you impart details? Uh, a childhood friend of mine, uh, Gordon, so uh, yeah, he's getting married next month, so nice. he rented a big converted barn down in the Lake District, so they all got a bus down this morning, I couldn't get the day off, so I'm heading down now. So you're going to be watching tomorrow with a hangover? Uh, hopefully I'll be getting back on it. <laughs> exactly. A stag do in the Lake District? Yeah. You fancy? Too quiet for me. <laughs> <laughs> not, not with you around. I don't think it'll be quiet for long, uh, to be honest. Andy, what are you thinking on the back of uh, Wednesday night in Copenhagen um, and t- tomorrow night at Hamden? What are you thinking? Well, Wednesday was a bit deflating, wasn't it? I mean, they, they steamrolled us. You can't really deny that at all. The, the link-up between the midfield and the attack is a concern of mine. I, I'm not really too sure. But, and, and I know he got us to the, the Euros and, and all that, but... I, I'm concerned that the players that we've got are too good for a defensive system. I don't know if Barry was a, a good ball-playing midfielder. If he feels that it doesn't really play to the strength of some of the guys we've got in there. I mean, they're good at holding on to the ball, but unless we've got that link between midfield and attack, I don't know how Dykes uh, and Adams are supposed to get it unless we're, we're just putting it long to them. Um, I think that the, uh, the goodwill is only going to last for so long because looking at the results since we beat Serbia, we, we chucked the Nations League, and I'm not trying to get too um, negative here, right? But we chucked the Nations League. The qualifying group hasn't gone so well so far, and we didn't do well at the Euros. So I don't think that, although we got to the Euros playing with this system, I don't think it's the, the long term for us, to be honest. Do you, um, do you still have faith in Stevie Clark, Andy? Yes, but it's a concern for me that he seems to be changing things in-game very often. Um, had to do it against Israel in the second game of this campaign when they were beating us away from home and we got back into it. 
we had to change it at half time in the opening game of the Euros against the Czechs because the starting lineup and the tactics were wrong. Had to do it against Denmark again the other night. So I, I do, I think that he's got enough credit in the bank for the minute. But gosh, see, see if see if we don't meet if we don't beat Moldova and then Austria thump us on Tuesday, then um, I will have to rethink my answer to that. Yeah. What about disjointed Scotland, Barry? What What do you do about that? I, I think um, I think going on tomorrow, I think he will stick to the same formation. But you're going to see different in terms of the, the wing backs are going to play 20, 30 yards further forward. Mm. Um, so they'll turn into what I mentioned earlier on. They'll not be like um, full backs, they'll be like wingers. Um, the link between the midfield and the forward line, I think when you add John McGinn into that, I think it'll make it better. Obviously, with Callum <laughs> McGregor and Billy Gilmer controlling things. I think you'll see the difference tomorrow night because I think it was a big miss and I'm not, I just don't want to say one player makes a team. But I think you'll see the difference with the wing-backs further up the pitch and also John McGinn will be that link between the midfield and the forwards who will get run about them, who will get beyond them. Um, so I think you'll see a big difference tomorrow night. I, I, I think with the team that I'm going with, I think it's a very attack-minded team. A lot of people say... I heard the the caller earlier saying it's a five three two. It's not going to be like that tomorrow. It's going no. to be a three five two. It's not going to be five defenders sitting in a, a straight line. I think they're going to be pushed well up the pitch. That will allow Callum McGregor and Billy Gilmer to go and dictate things, and that will allow John McGrin that free reign to go up and support both Lyndon Dykes and, and Shea Adams. With Stevie Clark on the show earlier on, Mark saying any win's a good win tomorrow night, and I, and I get what he's saying that that's the first port of call. You have to win the game, but we surely have to reach a level of performance tomorrow night that takes us some way towards the level we're going to have to hit in Vienna on Tuesday night. Yeah, you want to get a bit of momentum, three points and a bit of momentum. You know, players coming off the pitch, um, feeling good about themselves, feeling confident, not thinking, "My God, we just escaped that one there." You know, and the fans are getting nervy and, and, and getting edgy inside Hamden tomorrow night. So I, th- I mean, I, th- I think you know, back in a three-four-one-two formation tomorrow night, and, and key to that to go and win a game is your two wing backs in the four uh, in the middle of the park with McGinn just playing. All- this is if we think of what we would like to see tomorrow night, and and by the way, McGinn is the key to. It. He's probably the most important player on the pitch tomorrow night from bringing that ball from from um, middle to front giving support, offering the ball inside as well to, to your wing-backs rather than just put into the box. So there's really different things um, that can happen, but if, if Barry believes it's it's Nathan Patterson and uh, Andy Robertson, your two wide guys, uh, along with John McGinn, and obviously the boys have all got an important role to play, but that kind of formation at Hamden Park home game, want to beat Moldova, put on a show, your two wing-backs are absolute key. If they're on it, the rest will fall. Yeah, well, I think you might find the way that we'll play is if it's a right wing back who have went with Nathan Patterson, if he's crossing the ball in, you'll have Lyndon Dyke, Shea Adams. The opposite wing back will be in the box as well, John McGinn, and maybe one of the other midfielders. So then you're talking five guys mm-hmm. attacking the ball with Callum McGregor sitting off it with your three centre backs. So that's six players bombing forward and four being off it. So that can be attack minded as long as the wing backs are pushed high up the pitch which I would imagine because we're playing Moldova we'll need to do that we'll need to make the pitch as big as possible we know what Hamden's like it's massive anyway mm. keep the width and make sure we supply the wing backs and they supply the ball into the box and it's about players arriving in supporting the, the balls coming in 
I think Andy, we've had a, a fair bit of agreement. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think we've had a fair bit of agreement on the show in terms of Lyndon Dykes must play, John McGinn will play because he's told us he's ready. D- does Nathan Patterson play for you? Uh, is he is he the man to come in on that right side? Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for him. He's going to have to get thrown in at some point, whether it's in the deep end because of an injury to someone else or because we're playing a game where we're expected to attack a lot and that's his main strength. So, yeah. I think that Patterson will play tomorrow. Um, I think that's what Barry was saying there, that he expects that. So I'm pleased to hear that. Um, but I think equally as important, and I'd be interested to hear the guys' views on this as well, the three centre-halves. For me, unless it's uh, Tierney on the left and either McTominay or Hendry on the right, the whole thing's pointless because we need defenders either side of the, the big main centre-half that can bring the ball out and start play going, maybe get forward on the underlap. We've seen how effective Keane Tierney is with that. So the other night when we had Cooper, and either side of him were McKenna and Hanley. I don't see the point in sticking to that formation unless we've got Tierney, one of McTominay uh, and possibly Hendry uh, in the back, and then Robertson in the left. But in my opinion, putting Robertson on the right was was ludicrous. I, I don't understand the, the head loss behind that. Yeah, but listen, I, I've wrote down my, my back three. Jack Henry slipped my mind. I've got to be honest with you. I think he, he does like Grant Hanley being that centre one who's mm-hmm. the... the the proper defender who's the big, the guy that will go in anything long he'll go and eat up um, Kieran Tierney loves driving out with the ball he's a real ball carrier and Jack Henry's as close as you'll get to McTominay in terms of likes to be on the ball and likes to go and pass it or he'll drive that 20 or 30 yards um, so I, I do agree when you play a three at the back both the right side and the left side have got to be decent enough on the ball Kieran Tierney 100% Jack Henry He's the next one to McTominay because I think that, that position suits McTominay down to a tee. Um, so that is a good call. You called it earlier on, Rob, Jack Henry, and obviously um, he's just mentioned them there. So I think that could be a good shout tomorrow. And are you feeling positive, Andy, that, that we will get the, the bounce back? Um, I mean, I guess, you know... <laughs> We're, we're sort of, what was painful about the other night was the first half particularly the first 15 minutes and, and how we were all feeling about what the scoreline might be about to become um, and, and even allowing for, for Denmark switching off second half and uh, playing well within themselves it, it was still some achievement I guess to come off that pitch with a 2-0 I think it saved face slightly I'm not sure I'd go as far as saying we, we achieved something but I think that we, we stopped it from becoming embarrassing uh, the last thing we need tomorrow is another Liechtenstein situation where we're relying on someone heading one in in the 96th or 7th minute to get it over the line. We should beat Moldova, right? We are, we are a far better squad than them. But I, I was looking into them a wee bit. I noticed that uh, Azerbai- they beat Azerbaijan in one of the friendlies back in June. And Azerbaijan are full of players from Karabag that yeah. steamrolled Aberdeen. So, I mean, they, they must have a few things up their sleeve if they can go and beat a team like that who are, who are although not world-class, fairly decent. Um, so I, I do have faith in us tomorrow night, the squad, to produce what we're, what they're capable of and what we've been waiting to see for some time because the run at the minute, I think it's one win in our last 10 competitive games against the Pharaohs. So it's stacking up uh, and we, we need to turn it around. Mark doesn't think we're going to qualify, ultimately. Um, do you agree with that? Sorry, did you say he does or doesn't? Doesn't. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say that Unfortunately, my gut instinct tells me we will not reach the playoffs, no. And I hate saying it, but that's what my instinct tells me. 
Andy, uh, good to have you on the show. Thanks for that. And uh, take care tonight. Enjoy tonight. And uh, and hopefully, more to the point, you're enjoying tomorrow night. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. That's Andy uh, on his way to a stag do in the Lake District. Um, and uh, with uh, positive, he's still keeping his accent on the positive. I know exactly where Mark's coming yeah, from. That, yeah, that's I... a very realistic, I think, view of what's coming for Scotland. We need a big result, Barry. Yeah, we need a big result. Look, one game at a time. They've got to focus on. I knew you were going to say know, that. To but me. they have. They've got to focus on. Make sure they get three points. Make sure they they start on fire right in their faces, really quick. Tuesday, if we don't get three points, we ain't qualifying. We need to get three points in Austria. If we get three points in Austria, I think we've got a good chance of getting second place. Have you made a wee change to that team that that's in front of you there? What, yeah, what's, listen, your, your, I, what's your team for tomorrow night? Right, I'm going to go Craig Gordon, I'm going to go Jack Henry, Grant Hanley, Kieran Tierney, two wing-backs, right wing-back Nathan Patterson, left wing-back Andy Robertson, Callum McGregor sitting um, with Billy Gilmer and John McGinn, Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams up top. Much different, Mark, for you? Uh, no, the, the, I, I think 10 of those players, I'll just be interested to see what happens on the right-hand side, know, whether it's Fraser, mm-hmm. Patterson or O'Donnell, bearing in mind Steve Clark yeah. likes O'Donnell. Um, and just yeah I think Jack Henry will get annoyed but I'm not overly certain about that but the big ones are calling the right hand side Did you say 3-0 earlier on? Yeah For tomorrow I'll stick with that I'll stick with 3-0 And Barry? Scoreline? Yeah, uh, yep I think we'll come out the traps we'll score a goal, uh, goal early and I'm looking at 3 or 4-0 Thanks Barry Thanks Mark Thanks Rob uh, Good uh, to have you all listening and taking part in the show as we'll have some great callers tonight and uh, let's keep the faith and let's get that win we want tomorrow night against Moldova at Hamden. The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5